When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everyone? And welcome into the Dear Miss Fantasy Show. This is Tara Roberts here, your host. We are the official mailbag show for Player Profiler. Um, We're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk NFL mock drafts. I have compiled um, about four mock drafts to kind of see where the top prospects expected to go in round one or early round two, um, where those offensive um, skill position players are predicted to land, the majority locations, whether or not we like those locations, how they affect your fantasy team. How do we feel about it? Um, Plus, we're going to go over some head coaching updates and take some questions live and answer some questions as well. So it's going to be a fun show. I I think I'm actually going to start us off. I was going to start off with, I'm improving here. I was going to start us off with the mock drafts, but because we had so many coaching changes, I know you guys have probably watched like a thousand coaching shows this week. So we'll keep it short. This will not be an in-depth dive, but considering that we had multiple hires today, uh, I thought it would be a little bit topical. So we can start off with all of the coaching updates that we've got going on here. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Let's start off with the simple ones here. Jared Mayo, New England. Um, not a ton to talk about there. We're going to have to see where they go in terms of offensive direction. We'll talk about that when we dive in, dive into the draft picks. Uh, I'm on the fence about it in terms of how it's going to affect our fantasy teams. Quite frankly, there's nowhere to go but up, but we will see how this goes. Um, Big one, the big, big fish that we got um, over the past couple of days, Jim Harbaugh in L.A. was expected, was expected, um, which is a fantastic hire for the Chargers from a fantasy perspective. Perhaps not the best situation for us from a fantasy perspective. Harbaugh is going to make them a better a better team overall, not necessarily a better fantasy team. Um, so they'll become more well-rounded. It will be interesting, though, to see where they head at running back. Austin Eckler, obviously a free agent, a little bit disgruntled, or maybe a little bit more than disgruntled in the prior season when he was trying to get that contract extension. Free agent market is obviously very strong at running back. We talked about that a couple of episodes back. If you want to um, go back and look at that, we went really super in-depth into the um, free agent market at each and every position, the top available options there and some secondary options as well. Um, But there's a lot that could happen there. So we're going to see some changes and we're going to talk about it as well because they've obviously got a very high draft pick that we'll go over in the mock drafts. Just kind of see how things are shaking out for the LA Chargers. But, you know, great for them getting Jim Harbaugh. Then we've also got Washington who has not yet hired their coach uh, more than likely that's because their target is Ben Johnson and he is um, he's still he's still coaching right now um 
hoping Detroit gets that victory. I'm cheering for Detroit. I don't know about you guys, but I'm hoping that Detroit pulls it out here. Um, but obviously, Ben Johnson would be a massive hire for Washington. Um, seems to be the favorite to go there for sure. And then we have got we have got Atlanta. Raheem Morris hired today. That was kind of funny because we got the Raheem Morris news, and I think like an hour before that, uh, maybe we got you know news of second round interviews going on, and then all of a sudden they were like, "We're hiring Raheem Morris," and I was like, "Oh, that was quick." <laughs> but um, uh, it's a fine hire. It leans into their strength, which is defense. So we should see um, continued growth for that Atlanta defense, which has, you know, veteran strength and should continue to um, have some good output. We got some good fantasy output from them. They were a nice streaming option from time to time throughout the fantasy season. And we should continue to see that. They've got some nice ball hawks on that team. So um, I do like that hire for them. Again, with Atlanta, though, regardless of the coaching addition, it's still all about the quarterback situation there, obviously. So we still have to see where they're going. Raheem Morris does make it kind of interesting. Makes me kind of wonder if maybe they're leaning towards um, a veteran. Um, just kind of my gut feeling with that hire that maybe they're leaning towards a veteran versus making a, a trade up to grab one of those top prospects which is obviously going to affect us from a fantasy perspective with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson. But um, I, I would not be mad if they went and got um, a, a stronger veteran, made a push for Kirk Cousins, who I do think theoretically should be back in Minnesota, but maybe they could push for Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson, anything, anything at all to be an upgrade for them. Uh, Seattle. Uh, no, let's go back to Seattle because they're the last one technically where we have no, no idea where they'll be heading. Um, Carolina with the big hire here today with Dave Canales. I say big hire. I know some people are skeptical of it. I love this hire, quite frankly. Um, this was a hire that I predicted. I made a video about it a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago when they hired, um, Dan Morgan as their GM, which, you know, to some people felt like a, <laughs> a skeptical hire, right? Because hiring internal um, for the GM, it's kind of like a strange, a strange thing, but obviously there's a huge Seattle connection there. So that, that is what kind of tipped my hat that they were going to lean towards Dave Canales, Dave and Dan's time over Dave, Dan and David is going to like throw me off for a loop moving forward. Just FYI with Carolina, David Tepper, Dan Morgan, Dave Canales is going to th continue to throw me for a loop for like two years for, for however long Dave Canales is hopefully hired. Um, as long as Dave Tepper doesn't, um, David Tepper doesn't lose himself and <laughs> pull a quick trigger to let him go. Um, but I love this hire for Carolina, um, especially for Bryce Young. Dave Canales has obviously been on a huge hot streak in terms of the development that he has had for Geno Smith and um, Baker Mayfield. I hate that because on last week's show, I had Baker Mayfield as someone that we were investing in. And that was, I did put a, I did put a disclaimer that we we're investing in Baker Mayfield. If Dave Canella stayed, obviously that didn't happen. So I feel like I am free to reverse my stance on that to whoop, Dave is gone. So just pump the brakes right there. We got to see how, how Baker recovers because obviously we saw a bit of regression from Geno Smith last year um, in terms of the fantasy production that he was having after Dave Canales left Seattle. So we'll see how that goes, but I, I do love um, that hire for them. I'm, I'm going to dip into the chat real quick just because I, I, I see you guys saying hello. Hey, Albert. Hey, hello to Pig Burdett fan. Oh, I haven't, I feel like I haven't heard from you in a long time in season. Um, 
And hello to Derek and Robert, Tom, Rob Thomas. And then we have Anthony as well um, with the, yes, Tepper just needs to stay hand off, hands off. 100%. He just needs to pull back, let the experts take care of this. This is not your, you're, you're the owner, but, and I you know owners, you know, sometimes tend to be very hands-on, but I think at this point you need to step back a little bit. I 100% agree there um, that he just needs to let these guys take control. I like the con- the congruency there between Dan Morgan and Dave Canales. I think this is going to be, um, help them out in a positive direction. Obviously there is a, there's a ton that they need to do. And we'll talk about that more. I've got a couple of mailbag um, questions around Carolina, but obviously we have a ton to talk about here. Um, had a comment from Derek around Justin Fields. We will, we will actually get to Justin Fields like literally immediately. As soon as I talk about the mock draft situation, because um, obviously that first overall pick has a ton to do with um, the potential of where Justin Fields will be. Um, from Pigbird Jet Fan, every time I've drafted a running back high in Dynasty, it's been a mistake. When will I learn? I, I feel you on that one. I really do. Um, at least this year. Well, you know, hey, this year we don't have that problem <laughs> because um, now, granted, there's obviously some guys that could land in some interesting spots. There's, there's, it's not a flashy running back class, but there is some depth there um, in terms of guys who have solid production and could have some, could, could catch the eye of some NFL organizations. So I will say that maybe we end up having some, a running back or two that land in a good spot and get, you know, like a late first value. But outside of that, we don't have to worry about it. I don't think that's the good thing. Um, This season we get to draft our assuming super flex. We get to draft our quarterbacks and the wide receivers are just so much talented wide receiver. We'll dive into it, but but yeah, um, super, super excited. Super, super excited. Oh, man. All right. Um, then we had a um, few more coaching hires, obviously Las Vegas. I mean, that one has been that one's. It feels like it's been for a while. It hasn't been that long. But Antonio Pierce, um, thank you for the Raiders doing the nice thing. Excellent hire there for him. Um, continuing. Finally, let's hope this is getting them in the right direction. They still need a quarterback. Um, so obviously that'll be very interesting to see because they don't exactly have um, strong draft capital, um, but it's possible that they could make a trade um, and move up or they could go with Stidham and um, draft more of a developmental talent. We've got several um, strong developmental options. And then Tennessee, we've got Brian Callahan and meh, it's, it's not really inspiring much for me. And then again, Seattle, we're waiting. I'm kind of shocked that Seattle is the last one. Moving on from Pete Carroll, you feel like you would want to make your make your choice very, um, very early in the cycle. And it was just kind of it's strange that, I mean, obviously that probably means that they've got their eye on someone who they cannot um, approach right now. <laughs> uh, maybe like a Mike McDonald, perhaps. I, I think that... Um, they could look at uh, Slowick as well. Uh, we might dive into that a little bit more, but there's some options there. I'm just kind of shocked that theoretically Seattle's the last one, assuming that Ben Johnson is going to Washington. But um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see. We're gonna dive into the mock drafts here, um, and then we had a comment here. Um, 
new here does this community mock i'm actually doing a mock draft literally right after this show um it is not, but yes, uh, player profiler does it, but it's not a player profiler mock draft, but player profiler does do mock drafts. So, so yes, um, 100%, there will be mock drafts from player profiler throughout the off season, um, which is a good, that's actually a good time. I've got free will um, for this show. So maybe we, um, maybe we do some mock drafting live on the show at some point throughout this season, maybe some, some dynasty, maybe some best ball. I don't know. Mm -hmm. redraft. I always love early redraft. Um, mock draft. I can never, um, I can never, no, and it's okay. No problem. Um, misspelling my name. It happens all the time. It was close enough. I accept any form of Tara. Um, but yeah, I love mock drafting at any time, but, um, we are going to go ahead and dive into the mock draft. Um, before I do that, um, yeah, Anthony said there's a ton of mocks on Player Profiler. I want to say like there's a lot on Monday. I should have been more prepared with the uh, with the mock drafts, but I think that I think that's a good um, conversation topic there. I think we might do um, maybe we do some mock drafts this off season. That would be fun, right here on the show. You guys join in. We do some stuff live. That would be wonderful. But we're gonna dive into the NFL mock draft here real quick. But before we do that. We will do a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. I just randomly chose that Sleeper ad because I had the mock draft that I am doing um, right after this show um, in literally like 45 minutes is actually going to be on Sleeper. So I felt like that was, um, that was timely. Timely. I will be on Sleeper doing a redraft, mock draft, literally in 45 minutes. So that'll be fun. All right. Diving into our NFL mock draft, though. So again, guys, what I did, um, if you weren't in here earlier, what I did was I went through um, some of the big, you know, mock drafts here. I got Daniel Jeremiah's and I got some from CBS, Mel Kuyper's, um, Sports Illustrated, or Sports Illustrated. And I pulled through, um, pulled these together, just kind of find the commonalities between all of these mock drafts and where we're seeing these top prospects, these top prospects from our fantasy perspective, landing in the first round. So I thought we would go through those, obviously starting off at the top with Caleb Williams. And, uh, you know, it is a ton of Chicago, 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 right? Everyone is saying that he obviously he will go as Chicago. He's the first overall pick. Um, likelihood of that changing is very slim to none. 
Now, I'm still not 100% convinced that Chicago doesn't trade this pick. I think it's a little bit premature because the Bears still do have to explore the kind of value that can, they can get for fields in a trade. That said, um, let's explore Caleb, Willow, Caleb Williams going to Chicago. From a fantasy perspective, it's not my favorite landing spot in the world. Um, as we go through and go through with um, Drake May and Jade Daniels, and you know, there there are just other options that I feel, even some that are further back, like maybe like a Vegas that could trade up. I just feel like there are better overall atmospheres and options and coaching situations and fresh starts that he could be in. And I, it kind of bothers me that, you know, obviously Chicago did upgrade at offensive coordinator, thank goodness, but we've still got Eberflus there. And that does leave a big question mark in terms of his ability to develop Caleb Williams. Obviously, he is a top tier prospect, but when we're looking at that, you just get kind of concerned that they didn't do like a complete fresh start. I would have preferred a full fresh look from Chicago heading into this. If we're getting Caleb Williams, I would have wanted that new offensive coordinator, that new head coach um, going out there and getting one of those top candidates. So I just, uh, it's kind of like, it feels like it feels a little, I want to say like it feels half pregnant to me. Um, so I don't love it as the perfect landing spot for Caleb Williams. Um, so yes, I, I, I say that, but you know, that is not a knock to Caleb Williams at all. He might be feeling the same way, you know, crazy rumors going around and whatnot. Um, that said, if he lands in Chicago, he does get that offensive coordinator upgrade. So he doesn't have to deal with Luke Getze and he does get DJ Moore as that top tier wide receiver one. So he does step into a strong situation. I love Darnell Mooney. Um, I do think they need to make another addition at wide receiver. Um, it'll be good to see where, if Caleb Williams can kind of bring up Darnell Mooney and they increase pass volume and they just approach this from a completely different, um, direction. But at the very least, he's not going into a completely destitute situation that Bryce Young was in last year where he didn't have the you know, love Adam Thielen, but where he didn't have that young, um, aggressive top tier elite top of type of wide receiver here. So at least it is a better situation where we're looking at Caleb Williams and we're not feeling super, super uncomfortable if he does land in Chicago. Um, from a fantasy perspective, we'll work with it. There are just other landing spots that I would prefer for him to go to. Particularly this next one um, with Drake May, obviously. Right now, Drake May is the general consensus quarterback to the second overall pick here uh, predicted to go to Washington, Washington, obviously really wanting to lock down a quarterback. Um, love Sam Howell. I do personally, I've spoken about that um, and loved Sam Howell uh, fantasy, Sam Howell. That was fun. That was a fun, um, especially in best ball. That was a fun one right there, but we're going to move on and draft a top tier quarterback. And this is an excellent landing spot for Drake may um, QB two right now, overall, everybody's saying obviously that this is, you know, Washington is the landing spot for him. The only really one that you see different is Mel Kiper that was having um, him and Drake, uh, Jaden Daniels flip flopped here. He was having Jaden Daniels going to uh, Washington. Was he? Yeah. Jaden Daniels going to Washington and Drake may going to new England. Um, I will say, I don't think he's crazy for that. I know some people are kind of like, great, but I, I can, I can see where he's heading because we could see a flip here via the combine and pro days where again, you know, coming off a season where 
CJ Stroud in particular got punished. Um, now, granted, he didn't get punished that much. He didn't get aggressively pushed down. But in terms of his draft evaluation, he got punished because he had so much talent around him. You know, the the stigma of, yeah, you you had a fantastic season, but look who you were throwing to. Uh, and you kind of see that a little bit with Jaden Daniels of people looking at him and saying, well, I mean, you got Malik Neighbors, you got Brian Thomas, you've got a ton of talent that you're throwing to. There's not a ton of longevity in terms of experience from him. Um so we could see teams start to look at that and say, hey, you know, look at what happened with C.J. Stroud. You can't punish these quarterbacks for being in fantastic teams and fantastic offensive situations. Um, you have to evaluate the talent there. And obviously the talent is very, very clear with Jaden Daniels. So I will say that I'm not I don't think Mel Kuyper is insane for having this flip flopped. Um, that said, we'll look at it from the perspective right now of. Drake May in this landing spot in Washington. And I love, 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 love this landing spot. It's it's literally one of my favorite landing spots, my preferred landing spot for a rookie quarterback. Um, obviously, we don't know 100% who the head coach is going to be, but, you know, sources are saying, and it just, you know, makes sense. Top candidate left, obviously. And one of the top candidates even prior to this was Ben Johnson. And more than likely, this is where he will be heading. I feel far more comfortable drafting um, a quarterback heading into a new head coach with an offensive-minded head coach taking over, especially when we know his philosophy. We know what Ben Johnson likes to do. We know the aggressive volume that he can push. We know that Washington has the talent to do so and operate Ben Johnson's offense. Um, this is fantastic for everyone overall. Um and it will be fantastic for Drake May. And I think he's the type of quarterback who can get plugged into that situation and thrive. Obviously, it's a very thriving situation for Jared Goff. So I think um, Drake May should immediately step in and thrive. And we did see from a fantasy perspective. Um, yeah, I'm going to show that. I'm uh, going to show this comment here from Anthony here because I think it's <laughs> I think it's ironic, too, which is why I feel bad because I really do like Sam Howell. But it is kind of funny that <laughs> that Drake May will go to Washington and literally just upend um, his his fellow alumni right there and kind of reverse things up. So that is kind of funny there. Um, poor Sam Howell. I, I wish. And he's going to be stuck in that situation for a while until he gets out of his contract. So, um, but again, we saw Sam thrive from a fantasy perspective there. And while we'll see less of that manic pass attack that we had, because we did have manic pass volume from Washington playing from behind and really just having Sam Howell air it out aggressively. I don't think it's going to be to that level, but I do think that they're still going to push pass volume very strong. It'll be balanced, but they'll still push very strong pass volume, and Drake May will benefit from that. You immediately step into Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. I love this for him. Drake May for Jahan Dotson. This is very, very exciting as well, um, especially if you got – raise your hand if you're like holding on to a Jahan Dotson dynasty share. Um, that would be me. <laughs> you're hoping that it can turn around here. Um, nice little redraft sleeper as well. So this, this landing spot right here um, from a fantasy perspective is one of my favorite, favorite situations here. Uh, moving on to the third overall pick, because we are just blessed. Um, we're so blessed, crazy, right? Um, in this real NFL draft that we're going to, within these first several picks, just see um, first five, 
six, maybe even six, just see back to back to back to back offense, right? Um, that offensive players that we utilize from a fantasy perspective. So that's super, super exciting for us. I cannot wait. This is going to be such a fun first round for fantasy football. And obviously with that third overall pick, again, everybody with the exception of Mel Kuyper, who has flip-flopped Drake May and um, Jane Daniels, everybody has Jane Daniels going to New England. Um, my initial notes on this one are RIP Jane Daniels. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Um, New England is New England is dead last um, in terms of, like, I've, I've got a a tracking list of all of my landing spots where, and I think I'll, you know, maybe dive into this as we get further into the off season um, uh, tracking, you know, landing spots, obviously for quarterbacks and open positions, not just for rookies, but veterans as well. Um, even, you know, wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver one, two and three landing spots specifically on those teams. So it's a good list. But right now, um, New England is my it's dead last in terms of my quarterback landing spots for anyone, unfortunately, whether it's a rookie or a free agent. Um, again, there's just there's just way too much that has to be done in that offense. We talked about the situation that assuming Caleb Williams in Chicago um, and Drake may to Washington, we talked um, so much about the, the ready to go situation that they step into. You got your locked in wide receiver ones. Contracts are good. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so much better. Like when you're looking at Washington, I don't know if I put it in this show specifically, um, but when we're looking at Washington, they're just more if it's more of a plug and play situation for someone to step into because you have your locked in receivers and you don't have to worry about that. New England has a ton to do. Now, the good thing is, is that they don't have a lot to do offensively. And obviously, you know, Jared Mayo is a defensive mind or sorry, defensively. Jared Mayo is a defensive minded head coach. And so everything shall remain strong on that end. And they can just focus on improving their offense. They got to get the quarterback. So this is an automatic. They're getting the quarterback here. But they also have to draft and um, trade for wide receivers. So that is the big problem there. They've got to, they have to go out and get a wide receiver one. Love Demario Douglas for sure, but it's him and and no one else from that perspective in terms of longevity. We've got you know veterans there with Devonte Parker and <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster. They just have so much to do, and yeah, Anthony, um, yeah, no Bill Belichick anymore, so quarterbacks might not you know go to die there. But unfortunately, I think that they have they have a lot of investments to make to make this a very palatable situation for Jaden Daniels. Um, he is going into, it's a rough, rough situation. They have to, it's similar to a Carolina situation, but it, they can approach it differently. I don't know that approach that Carolina approached the situation properly last year. Um, there wasn't a ton that they could do, obviously in terms of they traded away DJ Moore and there really wasn't anyone on the market to be able to go and get um, from a strong uh, wide receiver one perspective. So New England is going to have the ability to do that. Maybe they go out there and they get a T Higgins. Um, I see guys like Mike Evans and Michael Pittman staying put. So um, I don't know if those are going to be options, but there are, there are some options. Maybe Calvin Ridley. Um, he's on the market as well. I don't know if Jacksonville is going to be bringing him back because there's some pick compensation involved in that. So 
when we're looking at New England, they've obviously got to make that investment into a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two or three in order to really prop up this situation for Jaden Daniels. I will say it will be very interesting um, to see how this mobile quarterback situation works in New England. Um, I'm just, it'll be good for them. But I'm just very skeptical of how this whole succession plan is working. How much control does Jared Mayo really have? Or are they just trying to force a Patriots way and this is the continuation of things as they were and they're just trying to freshen up? I don't know. I don't know. I just I we need to see the true offensive direction that they're heading before I can feel super comfortable um, with this as a landing spot right now. It's my least favorite, unfortunately. But we're going to get out of the quarterbacks. We're going to get into the wide receivers, which are the exciting ones. Um, Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's pretty much marked uh, mocked anywhere and everywhere to Arizona. It makes sense. It seems like a lock unless something Unless something odd happens here. Um, oh, yeah, Anthony, at least. Yeah. Um, hey, what's up, Tootsie Pop? And um, then uh, from Anthony, at least Bill Belichick isn't the GM. Yeah. That, that, so that's wonderful. Um, we have a we have a question later about Bill Belichick um, and obviously where he'll be this this season. So we'll save that one for later. But um, diving into the wide receivers, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. to Arizona seems like a lock here unless something crazy happens. But um, we've got I love Hollywood, um, but they do need a true wide receiver one. And Hollywood is a free agent, so he could be back. He could go somewhere else. I don't know. It really just depends on how Arizona wants to approach this and their pockets. But um Marvin Harrison Jr. and Kyler Murray as a combination is something that I can 100% get on board with. Uh, Kyler looked fine in his, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective, in um, his late season debut. Given the fact that he didn't have a regular offseason, he missed the first half of the season. You have to look at this and remember Kyler Murray as healthy Kyler Murray. And the combination, remember healthy Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Now picture Marvin Harrison Jr. in that. So yes, Um, from a fantasy perspective, obviously, we're all in on Marvin Harrison Jr. But this will be very interesting for Trey McBride. We, we We know McBride is real. But it's kind of tough to deny that he did benefit from there being a target funnel to him. So him not being the first look within this offense, because he was 100% the first look um, for Kyler Murray, um, un- unfortunately for the, um, for the Cardinals, they just didn't have that depth that they needed at wide receiver, that true wide receiver one. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, it makes me, you know, hesitate on being super aggressive on McBride in my 2024 rankings, um, especially particularly for redraft. But uh, but still, I, I think this overall will be very fine for the team. Um, moving on to the next one, it's Rome Adunze. I think I feel like Rome has the widest range of outcomes. And I say that not just because he is mocked to literally anywhere and everywhere. He is mocked to the LA Chargers. That was Daniel Jeremiah. He is mocked to the New York Jets, Chicago. So there's about 5 million (laughs) ranges of outcomes in terms of where he could be. And obviously he's another one that as we progress through this off season and pro days and combine that um, his positioning really could be um, one that kind of, goes in a couple different directions because there's a lot of movement that could happen here behind Marvin, Marvin Harrison. 
Um, that said, um, I like these, you know, I like the places where he's mocked to. It is interesting that everywhere that he's mocked to, um, it's more of a uh, you know, wide receiver two situation. Obviously, if he went to uh, you know, the New York Jets, it would be in pairing with Garrett Wilson, LA Chargers. You've still got Keenan Allen and, um, you know, where Mike Williams is debatable and whatnot. Um, and then Chicago, DJ Moore. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Rome made, yeah, Rome definitely made Penix numbers very, very good for sure. I agree on that. So I feel like he is one who, um, could could have a, I feel like it's going to teeter back and forth with him and Malik neighbors. And it's just going to be very fun to watch wide range of outcomes here. Um, not so wide range of outcomes in terms of mock draft for Malik neighbors. Um, he is in, in uh, the majority of the mocks that I looked at, they've all got him going to the New York giants. And that makes sense. They're looking for a true wide receiver one. Um, I love me some Wandale Robinson for sure. Um, but they they are looking for that obviously that different type of wide receiver on their team and and they need that and I think that one makes a whole lot of sense again between him and Roma Dunze there's some there's some flip flopping flip uh, flip flopping that could happen here in terms of how they're ranked um, but I do like that landing spot for Malik Neighbors um, jumping back into another quarterback Bo Nix uh, was mocked in a couple of drafts as going in the first round, not all of them. Daniel Jeremiah has him going to the New Orleans Saints, which is interesting. Um, and the CBS, um, Chris Trapasso had him going to Denver. I'm going to need... I'm going to need some time in terms of getting on board with Bo Nix. I do... I got to I gotta admit that, you know, I do have a little bit of bias in terms of feeling like I don't know if he has that massive, very boom bust potential. I don't know if I can really get there with him. Um, I, I will say that I do like him mocked to New Orleans. I don't know if I like it as a first round pick, but I do think that getting in a situation where he can sit behind a um, QB one. And I think Carr is a fine player to sit behind and learn from. I know we y'all laugh at Derek Carr, but I think he's a, he's a good veteran that can be a good mentor there. And so uh, sitting one year behind a guy like Derek Carr, I think would be a good situation for Bo Nix. So I don't mind that landing spot either. Um, Denver is an interesting one, obviously, because moving on from Russell Wilson, we assume that's 100% going to happen. And it's interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see how they approach quarterback, because again, we're not talking about a high draft pick for them. So they are going to have to dip into that more um, developmental pool, more of that boom bust guys that we're taking a little bit, you know, that are not our top tier picks. So that one does make sense for them as well. Um, one that is a little bit less uh, variance in terms of where he's going. Literally almost everybody has Brock Bowers mocked to the LA chargers. And I think that makes a ton of sense, ton of sense. We've got Gerald Everett that is a free agent. So if they move on from him, obviously um, that plugs in as an immediate impact player day one for Brock Bowers. Oh man, it'll be, we're going to have another situation. We just can't catch a break with these rookie tight ends and needing to draft them and pushing them up. Like it's, we're not, we're never going to catch a break here. Um, Brock Bowers to LA chargers. I, 
I love the potential here for that. Um, again, you know, I, I like this because a lot of, you know, we talked about Robodunze being mocked to the LA Chargers, but I like this because the addition of a tight end is one that I think makes a ton of sense for them because Keenan Allen still has juice. I do believe that if Justin Herbert didn't get injured at the end of the season, it wasn't a season ending injury. I do think we would have seen Keenan Allen back out there if Herbert was healthy and they were actually competitive. I think Keenan Allen missing the end of the season was more so a situation of there was just literally no point in putting him out there. Um, so I don't think that that was a typical like, oh, Keenan Allen, you know, you can't trust him in terms of injury. I just think it was a weird situation where there was absolutely no point. Um, but looking at Keenan Allen is still the wide receiver one in that offense. Mike Williams, you know, debatable in terms of, you know, the longevity that he has, unfortunately, with his injury history. But let's say he comes back and can make an impact as a wide receiver, too. We've got Quentin Johnston, who, you know, as long as we have you know Brock Bowers going there, not another uh, L.A. Chargers not having to make another investment into a wide receiver one in the first round. So we get Quentin Johnston, allow him to develop a little bit more. Um, I like this. I like this as a nice, well-rounded offense. Throw in a nice um, free agent ad at um, running back. And I think you're looking at an overall solid improvement there. So I'm a big fan there. And I'm going to go to questions here before I get to um, the next. Um, we're going to go to a receiver next. All right. Hey, Tara, love the content. I wonder how realistic it is to get Bo Nix in the second round of a super flex draft. I have the... 202 thinking I may need to trade up. Yeah, but I'm leery of paying for Knicks. That is the that is the big question there. I do feel like you might need to trade up towards the end of the first. I think I think it's realistic that being around the 111, 112 can get you him. Um again, landing spot is definitely gonna have a big impact on that. But the good thing is, is that and we'll dive into a lot of these. Um, we're going to quickly dive into because I don't have a ton of time left, but um, we'll quickly dive into some of these wide receivers. I think what's going to happen though, and what can benefit those of us looking to invest in some of those, um, those quarterbacks that we got to take those chances on those Bo Nicks, those JJ McCarthy's. Um, I think what's going to help us out here without having to put aggressive draft capital into them is the fact that we're going to have wide receivers that are going to put going to push themselves up here. So that's, that's the benefit that I'm thinking that we're going to run into. One of those wide receivers could be a guy like Brian Thomas could push his way up in our rookie drafts. If he falls in the right spot, um, the, the mocks have him going to some interesting. Now the, the good news here is, is that three out of the um, four mocks that I looked at all had Brian Thomas already in the first round. So that's, that's good news. Um, we've got Daniel Jeremiah putting him to Miami and CBS. They had Cincinnati and then Mel Kuyper had him to new Orleans. Obviously none of those are wide receiver one situations. So again, this is a wide range, another guy with wide range of outcomes that can, you know, push his way up as we get through those pro days and combines and whatnot. But I'm not going to lie. I'm having mild PTSD from the whole drafting a LSU wide receiver too <laughs> with Terrace Marshall. But that said, I think he's a very different, uh, a very different player here. Um, explosive, athletic, red zone target. I mean, there's, there's obviously some weaknesses here. I don't know if he profiles as a true wide receiver one to justify that first round pick, but I think landing spots uh, allowing for him to be that secondary option and develop here. Um, 
some good situations in terms of him adding into a powerful offense. If he went to a place like Cincinnati, oh man, I could 100% get on board with that. That would be fantastic replacing T Higgins. Um, so yeah, again, looking at like a super flex draft, we could see guys like Brian Thomas push up um, and kind of push back those quarterbacks to where we can invest in a guy like Bo Nix in those same places where we were drafting Will Levis last year. Um, another guy, obviously, wide we're like we mean wide receiver um, heavy here to close things out. Um, Devontae Walker. Uh, the only mock draft that had him in the first round was Daniel Jeremiah's had him going to Kansas city, but I like that Daniel Jeremiah went on a limb here and put Devontae Walker already in the first round. Cause he's someone who I feel like can work his way into being a regular, um, regularly mocked into the first round. Cause obviously he's a speedster, right? Speed, speed, speed. And there are concerns there, but in the context of Kansas city, I would love this and I could 100% get on board with this because what I want to see in Kansas city, adding a wide receiver is we need somebody added that plays off of Rasheed Rice have very different, um, very different skill sets than Rasheed Rice. And I think Devontae Walker is somebody that could do that. Um, be a nice little perfect pairing there where Rasheed Rice can still be that clear wide receiver one and Walker can be that big deep threat play that they've been seeking, but can't really connect. So theoretically, I like that. Fit for him. Uh, I like that fit for him and I like that fit for Kansas City. That's the direction that I would like to see Kansas City go in. Another guy that was mocked to Kansas City multiple times and also to Baltimore a couple of times, Troy Franklin, um, which is exciting, exciting. Um, I love, 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 love Troy Franklin. Um, for me, when I'm looking at wide receivers, I want those NFL ready qualities. That was what sold me on being very bullish on Tank Dell last season. Um, your NFL ready qualities. I don't want somebody who like not to pick on Quentin Johnston, but I don't want somebody who we got to develop your hands and we got to refine your routes. I want you ready. Like I want to put you on the field. You can play all over the field. You've got excellent hands. I don't have to worry about you dropping ball. You can run really good routes, diverse routes. You're crisp. You're good. Like that's your, that's your specific skill set. Those are the qualities that I want to see in a wide receiver. And I feel like Troy Franklin is one of those guys. Um, I, I like these landing spots for him. I would like him in Kansas city. I would like him in Baltimore, but honestly, I think he's somebody who is worthy of a higher pick. Um, that said, um, again, I, he would be a very interesting replacement for Odell. I don't feel like Odell really panned out for, you know, he, he served, he, or he's, it's not done. Sorry. It's not done. We're still, we're still footballing um, with Baltimore here um, as they hopefully win um, the Super Bowl. That was my Super Bowl pick. I'm on 100% team Lamar Jackson. Um, that said, uh, I think that they could really take the offense to a completely different level if they can get consistency from a secondary option at receiver. And I think Troy Franklin would be an excellent fit. So while I do think he's deserving of a higher pick, I do think that would be a fantastic landing spot for him. And then closing things out of some guys that are kind of lingering towards the um, end of the mock draft here. Um, oh, and then before I move on to these guys too, because I, I love this comment here for sure. Yeah, big on Troy Franklin too. Um, also feel like, like Bateman can rebound, um, but they don't pass enough. I do feel like, I don't feel like Bateman is is destitute in the way that maybe others can uh, others perceive him. I think there's still something a little bit there. He did show some promise and some dependability. Um, 
obviously the the depth in terms of pass volume there is it's up and down and it's situational, but I don't think he is completely out of it yet. I just think that I would like to see somebody with a little bit more, a little bit more dynamic player there to play off of, um, off of Zay Flowers. But moving on um, to close out these wide receivers here, obviously the remainder of the round one mocks are just kind of, you know, kind of feeling out what these, um, what these wide receivers could potentially be as we see them um, developing leading up to the combine. Um, Xavier Worthy, obviously one, he was mocked to Buffalo. Keon Coleman mocked to a couple of places here. Indianapolis, I don't know, that was Mel Kuyper. I, de- I, don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not because of anything for Keon Coleman. I like him. But just I did making a wide receiver one investment, uh, not, not a wide receiver one, a round one investment in a wide receiver, unless Mel's thinking that Michael Pittman is moving on, which I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they'll re-sign him. Um, they're fine at wide receiver. I don't think they need to make another addition. And um, Pittman, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, like I, just, I don't see where the addition needs to really be made there with a first round pick. Um and then Xavier Leggett obviously is another every like literally <laughs> literally everyone is mocked to Kansas City um, as a you know secondary wide receiver option there. And then JJ McCarthy is obviously the other quarterback who in mock drafts is you know potentially sneaking there into the round one. And and I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. We'll have to see where that really heads as we um, move further in. Obviously, you know, combines and pro days are going to be, I feel like I've said that 5,000 times, but are really, really, really going to make a big difference for a guy like J.J. McCarthy who would need to get out there and showcase skill sets and have that, not to call him Anthony Richardson, but have that Anthony Richardson type of showing um, to move himself, not, not all the way up to where Anthony Richardson was drafted, but just move yourself up into a solidified round one pick. So yeah, that is it. Yeah. Can't wait for this. We got one. We'll have one more show. We might do some more rookie content. Um, Cause we'll have a Thursday show next week before the senior bowl. Um, so yeah, that is very, very exciting. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll get like the list of the senior bowl participants and kind of go through in terms of guys to watch um, because this is going to be fun. I feel like it's the official kickoff of us being able to look at these guys and truly start envisioning where we're going to be drafting them. Um, It's like, you know, it's it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, Round one picks are fun, obviously, in terms of like dynasty drafts, but really finding that value. Like, I don't know about you guys, but finding your, like grabbing your tank dells and your Puka Nakua's, are literally <laughs> are literally the best portion of you know dynasty drafts in my opinion. So it's fun. We'll go through it. We'll go through it and figure out those guys that we're going to we're going to nail in terms of our late round, you know, our third and our fourth round draft picks for sure, for sure. Um, and then some mailbag questions here. Um, it's mailbag-ish this week because full disclosure. I was super pressed for time and it has been a hectic week and I did not get my mailbag request out. But the good news is, is that I get questions on Twitter all day, every day. So um, we've got some quick ones that we'll go through before I close this out so I can get on to that mock draft I was talking about earlier. Um, where are Bill Belichick and Vrabel going? <sighs> so 
I think Bill's going to take the year off. It seems like Atlanta was the only team that was really kind of giving him the time of day. And obviously there are coaches who like Mike McDonald coaches who are still like in the process of coaching that will work their way into the interview process for these couple of remaining teams. But with Bill Belichick, I get the feeling that we might be, we might be done in terms of the um, opportunities for him. So it's possible. Um, I think that he falls into kind of a management. I don't know if he'll take a step back to like a defensive coordinator. I don't, I don't know. Um, in my opinion, I think he'll take a year off um, or to try to determine if he truly is ready to step back from coaching, just kind of ease into some kind of management position somewhere, or some advisory position. Um, that's where I see that heading. For Vrabel, I could see him going to Seattle. I do think that that's still a possibility, but I kind of lean towards them going with Slowick, um, taking a risk there. I think that would be very good for them in terms of their offensive direction, somewhere where they really need to pick up. Obviously, they need to make some improvements on defense, but somewhere where they really need to kind of pick up and reestablish the direction that they're heading offensively. And I think that maybe Bobby Slowick could, you know, be an interesting solution there, or they solidify with defense and go with Mike McDonald. Um, another question there, Dave Canales has had Super Bowl level talent across the teams that he has been with. Can he succeed in Carolina with Carolina's roster? Um, it's an excellent point, obviously, that Carolina's roster um, does have, you know, they got a lot of work to do over there. But I will say if they don't lose their defensive coordinator, obviously um, they're solidified on defense. They do have some free agency questions there. But um, the good news is that Canales will be able to 100% focus on uh, the offense and fixing that up. And it's a fixer upper for sure. Uh, they'll need to add another wide receiver. They've got the funds to invest in a wide receiver once. And maybe they go and they grab T Higgins, something like that, save some money, stick with Chuba um, at running back um, <laughs> and um, add a tight end, obviously. Um, that would be another area where I think will be interesting because we did see Kate Otten kind of, you know, we saw Kate Otten kind of um, develop here towards the end of the season. I was very happy with that. Very happy with that. So um, we could maybe see the addition of a fantasy relevant tight end there in Carolina. Um, if Dave Canales wants to go that direction as well in terms of developing the offense. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a destitute situation, but they've got, they've got room to work with. They can add free agents. They can add the right free agents in terms of being able to help um, Bryce Young develop. So yeah, I, 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 I trust this ad here. I like this coaching hire. It's one of my favorite coaching hires. So I'm very excited to see where this heads for Carolina as a whole. Um, and then one last question, very related to that one. Dynasty fears for Miles Sanders on a scale of one to 10. He's young, so it's not a 10 but it's like an eight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an eight, unfortunately. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, comment from Matthew Smith. Um, I think the Tommy Trimble experiment is over right now. 100%. Sorry, Tommy Trimble. Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're hopefully in Carolina going to invest in a, in a usable tight end there. Um, uh, but yeah, dynasty fears for Miles Sanders on a scale of one to 10. I don't know if I, I don't know if I dove into it during the show in the off season, but I do some, um, obviously some, you know, work with other companies in terms of videos and I'll have to go back and pull 
the information that I had on Miles Sanders in season, he flat out lost that job because he was subpar statistically. This was not a preference. This was not a punishment. This was straight up Miles Sanders underperformed on a woefully bad level. Um, I'm going to have to go back and find that and maybe tweet the information or something or bring it into the next show. But there are massive, massive concerns for Miles Sanders. He was physically outplayed by Chuba Hubbard in every single metric. It was not even close. So yeah, we're at like an eight for Miles Sanders. Maybe, maybe there is some kind of, you know, he's young, um, not a ton of mileage on him. So maybe there's some kind of reprieve here that can happen. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens with him and how they utilize him because he was just flat out, um, flat out outplayed by Chuba Hubbard and it wasn't even close statistically. Uh, yeah. On a scale of CMC to Damian Pierce, it's like at a, it's like at a 0.75 Damian Pierce. It's not a full Damian Pierce, um, but a 0.75 Damian Pierce. Oh my gosh. Damian Pierce. I am, I have one dynasty Damian Pierce share and it kills my soul every single time I look at it. I'm not going to lie. Painful, painful. Uh, <laughs> but hey, he's still on the team and Singletary is a free agent. So we'll see. We'll see how that heads. Not very positively, but we'll see where that heads. All right. I'm going to close things out because as I mentioned, I got to get to that mock draft and we're, we're wrapping things up here. I appreciate you all joining in. The chat was live today. Um, very good comments. Uh, I appreciate you all joining in information added by you guys fantastic top tier. So thank you very much. That wraps things up. Um, again, if you have any questions, um, you can always hit me up on Twitter or X, whatever at it's Sarah time. Um, you can tag me. I'll do my best to respond. If not tag me again, cause sometimes notifications get a little crowded. You can also, um, add a comment on this video. That's cool too. If you're listening on the podcast version, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. If you are watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, drop me a comment, and also make sure that you are subscribed to Player Profiler as well. Other than that, um, again, enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the playoffs this week. Um, <laughs> for my personal preference, go Detroit and um, and go Baltimore. That is where I'm heading. I want a Detroit-Baltimore Super Bowl. And that, that feels so good to me. But I hope you enjoy, and I hope you're, if you play DFS, I hope your DFS lines work. Cross your fingers um, for mine too. Um, so good luck to everyone. I'll see you again next week.